And yeah. you know, remember how we said we're getting better at this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we just have better technology surrounding us. But yeah. we don't get better at this. That's the nope. problem. It's it's like um Dr. Pershing said, the final fault was the humans, not the droids. Oh man, that's a great I love that. So good. We we just passed the halfway point and now now it's we're almost done. That's so weird. And you can definitely tell because the animation is so much better. It's just like light years away from where we started. I'm just gonna get into it, sorry. I just really love seeing Hondo so much. Yeah. To be honest, just like such a Hondo half of a season. I think this half of the season was actually the most Ahsoka centric we've gotten. Really? You think so? I mean, so, uh, sorry, Ahsoka on her own. Oh, okay, good. All right, yeah, I see. Because uh, Obi Wan and Anakin are barely there. Yeah, for all the Onderon stuff, and then also all the children stuff. Yeah, which I'm sorry about, by the way. <laughs> I like I I knew that we're gonna have a long children arc. Yeah, and I've been wanting to apologize to you about it <laughs> since the moment I like told you about yeah. the episodes we're gonna watch, but I just like. I didn't want to spoil anything, so I didn't want to apologize then. But now I will officially render my apology to you for making you watch four episodes of children on TV. The thing on Onderon is almost worse in my book. Part of it. because I Part just, of it is. Because Lux is just... Uh, I hate him so much. He's yeah, the worst. He's, he's a dick. Also he's also... He, he should keep his fucking hands to himself. He's like so like... Like touching steel all the time is fucking annoying. Like I, I couldn't <laughs> help but think about um episode seven and Ray and Finn and the like running gag of like, uh, you know, yeah. stop holding my hand sort of thing. Yeah. And it's just incredible what like I don't know, I don't even know, like five years make a diff can make it such such a big difference. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. just I just like oh this guy. I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that I mean, since, you know, season one, it's been a steady upwards stream. Mm. But I think the first half of season five is definitely a step down from season four. And I think this uh -huh. is, the for me, in quality. I mean, there are stuff I really liked in these episodes, and there are a lot of things I didn't like. Yeah. Um, but I think on the whole, I think season four was stronger than what we've seen so far in season five. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just, just to get back to the uh, Ahsoka point really quickly, like, if you think about what she has been doing this like this first half of the season she's advising rebels on Onderon, she's teaching padawan she's fighting grievous she's ne negotiating with hondo like all these things she's on her own for most of it this first half of the season you're right it really hammers home ahsoka's character development tangibly showcasing her growth mm -hmm. from what we saw her as in, in the season one of clone wars to where she is now it's absolutely incredible and how many TV shows sh actively show character development and growth so transformatively over multi-seasonal arcs? It's just an amazing character to have followed. And now to see her reference lessons from her master as she actively teaches younglings. Mm. It's amazing. She's amazing. She's the best. She is. Ironically, I think the, my favorite episode of The Bunch were the, was the first one. Um just because of the Maul and Hondo in the same episode, I'm like, yes, please. I know, this is right? all I want. Um, and I think it was... Onderon is interesting, has some interesting elements, asks... I think the most fascinating thing is that it asks some interesting questions that we can then take to other stuff mm -hmm. outside of Star Wars about, you know, terrorism <laughs> in general or um, insurgencies. And it is it just a very fascinating topic even though the execution of it isn't great although i guess we'll get into it i really do like stila as a character yep um and we need we i was so sad and i also really like seeing the 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 beginnings of saw i know i was so surprised yeah i was yeah. like oh i know i know this name and yeah, this is and actually a saw that i like right so much better than well, it's interesting because the saw that we saw in Rogue One mm. was 
you know, has gone down such a mental rabbit hole where he is just out of his mind, yeah. right? And it's really interesting to see the seeds of that ruthlessness and the seeds of that mental instability that are kind of there in this season, but actually just like not fully developed. So it's, we'll get into it, obviously, but I like seeing Saw here. And we have to remember to ourselves that Saw was created in the Clone Wars first and then later on developed in Rogue. Yeah, that is one of these uh, instances that where I think, oh, you know, I wish I could have experienced Rogue One having seen Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I think Saw is the one thing that I don't like about that movie. I feel like apart from that, it's pretty much perfect. Yeah. Episode one. Uh, is centered on Darth Maul and Billy Bob, a.k.a. Savage Opress. Billy Bob! And you really know that, um, you know, someone is going to be important if they get the last two episodes of one season and the first episode of the next. Maul tries to establish himself as some sort of crime lord. Um, First, there's a little bit of a struggle between him and billy bob which and he handily and quickly defeats his brother and (laughs) with that hierarchy uh quickly established he tries to take over hondo's pirate crew and um, at some point obi-wan who is basically maul's nemesis arrives and 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 yeah, Obi Wan stops o- Maul's plan and forces him and his brother to flee. Um, that's basically it. Yep, and then also they both get injured essentially. Yeah, they both get injured. Um, there we have the recurring uh, motif of people getting their uh, arms or hands chopped off, which you know I guess is not that surprising if you're fighting with lightsabers, but still. And yeah, uh, Maul's contraption that kind of makes him look like he's wearing high-waisted mommy jeans uh, also gets destroyed (laughs) or at least severely damaged. So what did you think about this episode? I really like this episode personally. Um, Oh, there's like a little bit weird, this brother relationship that they have Mm. in regards to Maul and Billy Bob. So I like that they initially, from the outset of the season, subverted that and just like, okay, no, this is the power dynamic. It is Maul who is going to be the guy who is in charge and Billy Bob is going to kind of follow along. Yeah. And it's cool to see Maul just kind of take control of that ASAP. Um, so quickly, right? That yeah. Was... Also, this I don't understand particularly the power dynamic, like the literally the power levels, right? Because Savage was super OP in the past and now maul is just like manhandling him mm. i'm fine with that to be honest it is just like a little bit unclear but i really like maul just like taking it to billy bob so fast like five awesome. seconds i i think it's a really good move for them because it is maul who is going to be like should be the central villain here yeah, not absolutely. billy bob billy bob doesn't have the history doesn't have the clout also like the voice actor is not as interesting. It's just, you know, Maul is just so much more interesting and three-dimensional. Yeah, a cunning villain is way more interesting than just like a brute force guy. The only thing that I didn't like about this is that Maul kept referring to Billy Bob throughout as his apprentice all the time. And at some point that just became annoying. But that's just a little side note here. Yeah, I think it's partially because Maul is obsessed with the master apprentice um hierarchy because he was an apprentice and i think he is then by doing that kind of assuming a title that he always wanted Mm -hmm. as master and then uh, projecting this like belief onto billy bob entirely so it's i don't know it's interesting i get what you're saying um i'm not disputing that i'm just like trying to get into the psychology of darth maul as he pushes this agenda repeatedly onto Billy Bob. Yeah, for sure. Because he also talks about how he was basically this rising star. He was like su- such a powerful 
person and he was you know the most promising of all the apprentices and you know he was going to be you know such a like a such an important sith and all of that and now everything has changed so yeah what did you think about his his plan to assume power uh, by you know starting out small and just taking over a pirate crew I think that's smart if I were him, to be honest, because he needs to consolidate power beyond just the two of them to then build a base. Mm -hmm. And the point that one of the Jedi makes that the underworld has long, like had has had a long leash since the beginning of the Clone Wars, makes sense. Yeah, that's Obi Wan. That says who says that? Okay, yeah, and it makes sense that then in that power vacuum, Maul will come in or try to come in. He tries to come in and fill it. So I think it's cool. I think it's a cool idea. Um, it also kind of makes sense that he does it with pirates because pirates are notoriously wishy-washy with their allegiances. Yeah. I mean, Hondo is the class A of that. <laughs> yeah, I did I did wonder why he didn't kill his lieutenant, though, who, tr who betrayed him. Um, I mean, That's yeah, sure, their allegiances are, you know, as you put it, wishy-washy, but still, like, that's what that's what I would have done. You know, you can kill like the that one, that guy, and everyone else is like, yeah, okay, you know, they're under control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you got to kill somebody. Exactly, and it, like this guy was like begging for it, basically. Yeah. Well, I love just like speaking of Hondo, this is a golden Hondo episode. I Every know, episode right? with Hondo's gold, but like this, like every single line he says is just so funny and it's just so well done like the subtle laser sword jab kind yeah. of yeah the like oh i'm semi-speechless like just like the funny thing or like he's like we're pirates we don't know the meaning of the word insolence yeah it's just, <laughs> so hilarious yeah so there there's this conflict between between them and hondo kind of has to you know struggling for for a bit and then like obi-wan gets in touch basically him and some other jedi that i didn't care to write the name down obviously <laughs> i thought you were gonna write the name down so i didn't write the yeah. name yeah doesn't matter because she she's dies. going to die <laughs> yeah. Sorry. yeah so in a, in a pretty brutal way as well by the horns that's insane i just need to work on my brand here a little bit and just need to point out that I laughed out loud at the uh, at something that I perceived to be an innuendo that shouldn't be sh surely wasn't intended to be, but he calls him horny headed, and I just thought that, that was hilarious, but probably just in my own head. Nice. I mean, I didn't think about that, but yeah, of course, course you didn't. That's my yeah. job. So yeah, and uh, after after the other Jedi is killed, Obi Wan is just killing it with two lightsabers against. Maul and Billy Bob, both of whom are it's wielding double, <laughs> double with the lightsabers. That was that was just badass. It's the best I've seen Obi Wan. I think. Right, I was just thinking that as well. That is that is the best his best fight fight scene. Yeah, and it's just like when they're in the hallway and he's just like in the contained space, jumping through the blades and just fighting yeah. them both off. And like you know, I like how they two times before previewed kicking the knee of savage and the didn't yeah. work and then obi-wan sees that he has an opening and kicks it and that's what leads him to like cut off savage's arm who's oh oh sorry billy bob's arm <laughs> it is absolutely oh, it's just it's so well choreographed and so beautiful and the colors too of this oh. it's really it makes me think like why don't all all Jedi have two sabers always. We learn later on that it is apparently pretty uh, a pretty huge deal to get one, right? So, but I mean, Ahsoka got two. Exactly. Why don't we ever see her get though that hers? You know, that's kind of a missed opportunity. We should uh, talk about Palpatine. Yes, they're really laying it on thick <laughs> at the end. I think it's such a smart move of his to call this a personal matter of Obi-Wan saying that you know Maul is no threat to the Republic which is true but if you let him grow in power he will become that um you know but it's just tactically such a smart move it's really cool like you can tell we're getting closer to the end with the way that he the, they're framing him in the camera and it's just you're so so you're so smart you're so right Yes, you're also smart, but you're so right that like 
it is kind of ridiculous that it's a person it's considered a personal matter um and it's just so smart by palpatine but also like yoda's a freaking idiot i yoda know just, right like, goes along with whatever palpatine says <sighs> that is definitely a low point for yoda well you i've realized more and more that yoda is just like great about teaching about the force but that's about it yeah like that's his thing he doesn't and understand anything about politics he is he is basically a hermit that's what's perfect yeah. why is he leading a, like a political body yeah right for all intents and purposes it should be mace as the grandmaster but yoda just keeps living <laughs> he just <laughs> so he, he is the prince charles essentially yes yoda is prince charles it's kind of useless <laughs> i mean don't say that sorry sorry prince charles no, no i think you no, should apologize i don't to apologize yoda. oh <laughs> i didn't i don't care about prince charles <laughs> i care about yoda yeah yoda's not useless he's great about he's great mentor to everybody and is really he's like he is his best in his role in episode five of where course he's literally of just course. teaching somebody yeah right that is his role not anything else you noted how um the plan his mall's plan failed and i just like that when it yeah happens. right it's like so often like just things happen like they're telegraphed so well but it is really nice to see the plan fail from mall's perspective at least right so i, I found that very a nice narrative choice by mr filoni who continues to be mvp of the star wars universe and one thing I want to also quickly note is the music during the battle scene with Obi-Wan and the two. Mm. It's really cool. Like the choral, like operatic music. It, it's just so beautiful. And it's just so chaotic in a way. Ah, so nice. I love it a lot. So the, so the Jedi, meaning uh, in this case, our, our very, very well-known trio of Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka, Aaron Onderon to assist the rebels, which very much reminded me of uh, U.S. troops in Afghanistan in like against the Russians. Yep, yep, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or even just doing police training in during the Iraq and Afghanistan war a little bit, you know. Oh, true. Yeah, that as well. We we're not we're we're just here to help you, sort of thing. Yeah, there is an interesting debate about, you know, terrorists, are they terrorists or are they insurgents? But they are rebels, which, you know, is always an an interesting phrase to utter in the Star Wars universe. And um, so they are trained by those three Jedi and Rex uh, against the Separatist army. It's a very interesting look for Rex. I know, right? It reminded me, it was like part part rebel, part empire. Part like super nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Ahsoka stays behind to, you know, assist the group further on their various attempts in the political struggle between the uh, new king and the old king and the rebel force as well. And there are various um, machinations and the separatists get more involved and more involved. And at the end, they, you know, there are multiple battles and also some interpersonal drama and romance that Ugh. we're going to get into. Uh, I, I agree with, with the sound you just made, Rashad. There are some weird plot holes that we're also going to get into. And in the, but in the end, they prev the, good, the good people prevail and the separatists need to leave. And um, there's so much to talk about here. R.I.P. Stila. R.I.P. Stila, which, which was one of the few truly surprising moments in Clone Wars for me. I did not expect that. Yeah, right? I think it's one of the best death scenes I've seen in a long time, like Star Wars-wise. Especially because also Ahsoka gets hurt and you don't really think that's happen that's going to happen. Okay, can we talk about the shittiness at the beginning? Yeah. It's like, let's get the shitty stuff away, out of the way, right? This fucking love triangle, God. I'm just like, I'm glad by the end of the the arc, Ahsoka wasn't really a part of the love triangle as much anymore. Yeah. But at the beginning, where they hinted that, oh my God, Ahsoka has a crush on Lux, but Lux is into Stila, and Stila is into, it's just like, oh my God, I can't deal with this anymore. It was very frustrating. Yeah, I was also very happy that at the end it seemed to be okay because it was hinted at so much in the previous seasons. 
and I hated it every time, but it was always just there for a moment. And here we get like a few episodes of it. And I just could, didn't care. I just was not a fan. I was like, actually, there was one moment where um, Stila and Lux are like talking or whatever, and they're touching. And Ahsoka kind of looks really sad for a second. And I actually felt bad for Ahsoka for <laughs> like a hot sec. Yeah. Just because I love Ahsoka so much. And if anyone should get what they want, it's Ahsoka. Um, but doesn't make me like the choice for them to do all that. Yeah. And how ironic it is for Anakin to tell Ahsoka to stay focused. <laughs> I know, and right? Purpose over feelings. <sighs> Are you kidding me? I actually, I kind of like it. It's kind of like do as I say, not as I do, obviously. Um. And of course, he's going to give her that advice. But it's really, really funny that they that's how they decided to do it. Because they could have easily just as well said, had Obi-Wan give that little talk or whatever. Anakin is super sidelined in this as well. Like it, throughout this first half of uh, season five as well. Even more so than Obi-Wan. Because Obi-Wan's yeah, Obi-Wan gets some action, but uh, Anakin is barely there. Good point. Wow. Yeah, yeah he isn't there at all. He basically ha- just has like three lines, one of which just gets repeated all over and over again. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so we we have this discussion in the um, in the Jedi Council about you know are those people terrorists or are they insurgents? Depends on the point of view. But in the end, they go and you know train them. Um, obviously, it's an allusion to either you know it's U.S. overseas training yep. of insurgents mm-hmm. or police forces or whatever you want to say. Um, obviously the question of what makes a rebel versus a terrorist is really interesting. Um, the, the arc goes to answer that by, it is about how you conduct war, not the fact that you are warring, right? Whether you aim to try and, um, save people or not, sorry, or or not harm innocent lives versus actively or not caring about them. And one of the notice, one of the things that I found uh, interesting about the debate they were having in the Jedi Council is the discrepancy between Obi-Wan and Anakin. And Obi-Wan is saying that we must protect people's lives. And Anakin was saying that, oh, quote, we can minimize collateral damage. Mm-hmm. And those two things are really interesting because it is the way that we often speak about, uh, it's essentially two languages on speaking about murdering people. Yeah. It is Collateral damage is just a euphemism for murdering innocent people. And oh, when we say we minimize collateral damage, as Anakin does, it is a very like a U.S. centric perspective of um, lives abroad in developing nations where you know their interests are misaligned. So it's a very I liked that poignant discrepancy between the languages that Obi Wan was using and the language that Anakin was using, specifically with regards to saving or preserving innocent lives. So. And it makes sense that it would be Obi-Wan who would go to make sure that Anakin would stick to the script because in something so particularly sensitive, it would be Obi-Wan to be there to help Anakin. Yeah, don't you trust me? Oh, too much. Exactly. You know? That was so good. Such a good line as well. Um, yeah, I really liked Onderon as well. It's such a beautiful planet. Um, the color of the sky in particular. Mm. But also like all the all the like flora, I really like the, the f- animals. There's such yeah. a wide variety of animals. It's great. If we're gonna spend four episodes there, we want to have it be in a beautiful scenery. So at least that check box is checked. Yeah, we uh, yeah we also get aside from all the romance stuff, we get the um, the conflict between between Saw and Lux, which I thought was uh, also an interesting clash of ideas you know action versus words and you know the irony of the thing is that he like that saw later on convinces the general with words i think it's interesting but it also shows how saw later on in his life because we've seen the end of saw's life and now we're seeing sort of his teenage his growth you can see how he eventually becomes this man of like action without regard to the consequences especially with out Stila there to temper his um, methods, I guess. But I, I I do like that discrepancy. Is like how do you how do you become an effective re- rebellion, right? An effective rebel group. You need to do stuff, obviously, but you also need to inspire and create hope. 
Yeah, and I really liked the way the show handled the trio of Saw, Stila, and Lux because you can see Stila getting into her role as commander, but because like Lux and Saw just try to steal the show, but in the end it is Stila who gets elected the leader, which I thought was a great scene. Yes, a wonderful scene. Yeah, because I was I had already written down the line of again a more competent woman is not even considered for her job where that two guys want and then then you get the uh, the great scene of you know vote by affirmation yeah even the first line when saw introduces himself stila goes up and says he fastens himself our leader but no one elected him it's a nice like little nod to what's going to happen yeah I-, I thought it was really funny to see, <laughs> to see anakin having to not fight he had just he can just defend he can't be an aggressor uh, i'm sure that must have been difficult and i didn't you know there as i as i alluded to there are a few plot holes i don't know if you want to go if i should go through all of them at once or if I, we should just go. go through give them to me okay so first of all there's just a bogus reason why droids a droid's head is important uh which is just yeah, like right. anthropomorphize much um I don't understand why the Jedi, although they said they are just there to assist or like they're not going to take an active role, they suddenly help the rebels to infiltrate ISIS, uh, which just seems fairly active Where to me. Ahsoka specifically. Yeah, but also, I mean, Obi-Wan and Anakin oh, yeah, are true, there yeah, too. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that. Um, the beginning. I don't understand why the Padawan stays and the two masters go. Makes um, no that makes no sense at all. I mean, of course, it, it makes sense from a narrative perspective, but just... Yeah. Well, if you're going to leave somebody, you're going to leave Ahsoka, obviously, but you shouldn't leave anyone. You should all just leave. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So once they're in the city, they, you know, there is uh, quite a lot going on with attacks and whatnot. And they are... <laughs> Nobody is suspicious of people in in hoods. Hoods, yeah. It's like for like two episodes or three episodes, they're like people on hoods, and like especially because they are the only ones. Like nobody else is wearing them, so it's just like what? What is this? At some point, with uh, with with a tank, she says something about how like this needs a woman's touch, and I just like, oh no, that wasn't great. That was so bad. I didn't understand why, you know, the the power plant seems to be crucial, but there are not that many troops guarding it, and there are no tanks there, which I find to be very weird, quite ridiculous, right? Um, yeah. I I love the I love the idea of like one the one sided barrier though. That was so smart. That that I don't know how that would work, but I like the idea of it. We get again some really bad speeches. My fellow ju- subjects is not. God, a- none of the speeches are good. <laughs> so I have bad, not right? yet heard a good Star Wars speech. Yeah, yeah. The old king demotes the general f- f- in favor f- of Steeler in front of, like, in his face. Yeah, like, like after he just saved everyone. Um, one thing that I'll say that I liked. Sorry to do this. That's all good. Um, <laughs> you, you can you can like stuff. Yeah, is at one point um, before Ahsoka, so before Anakin and Obi Wan leave. Anakin asks Ahsoka whether he or not she wants to stay, and she says yes. I just love it that he actually asks her. So many times the Jedi, the Jedi Council, just like expect people to do things without actually caring about their desires. Mm. And especially this is this becomes a poignant issue for Anakin himself, where he is asked to spy on Palpatine in episode three against his desires. Yeah. So he is asked consistently to do things that he doesn't want to do. And I like how here he is asking Ahsoka, okay, what do you want? It's this very small thing happening on the side, but you can tell how much it means to Anakin. Ahsoka, obviously, but how much it also means having agency and choice in what you are asked to do. Yeah, and just just briefly on that relationship as well. In, in episode five, after they have the call, a- Anakin immediately wants to help Ahsoka, and I just, yeah, and he I gets pissed. That. He's like yeah. angry. He's like, we need to do something. I know, right? He's like, we can't just you know be stay here and like not do anything. Um, and so the last thing that I just wanted to mention that really really annoyed me 
was at the very end after so because Stila gets killed very tragically in a great death scene we have to say again. in a great death scene and then we, you have this like ma like this this funeral like this public funeral thing that gave me like covid anxiety because there was just a giant mass of people <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh my god no um but the oh, the dialogue at the end both saw and Lux say just some really stupid things ahsoka tries to console saw he just said says it's over now let's just leave it at that and i was like are you kidding me your sister just died and you're like yeah, yeah let's just shake it off like what bullshit is that and also Lux said like Steeler would be glad her sacrifice gave Onderon its freedom. And I'm just like, you're full of shit, man. Like, okay, like you're you're just like feeling great because you just became the new senator, which I also have to say, like, no, 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 no. But also, like, fuck you. Like your girlfriend or whatever <laughs> just died. And it's like, yeah, she would be glad. Like everything turned out great. Like, Where's the morning, please? Yeah, exactly. It's just like Morning is like the big, is like one of the biggest criticisms of this show, and it's oh, uh, yeah. So that that's that. Now we can go through the plot. <laughs> I don't have that much extra to say, to be honest. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I I love the line. I think it was Dooku that tell. Is it Dooku or the general who tells them? Who tells the new king that? In response to the will of the people, you have three options, whether to embrace it, bend to it, or break it. Yeah. It's a great, I love the succinctness of that line where it just, yes, that it just rings so true that this is the burden of responsibility, that those are your three options. And it's amazing. He chooses to try and break it, I guess. But but that, with that all, all that said, I do find the depiction of, quote, public opinion to be oh, too reductive. My God, yes. Like, the will of the people. The I will know, right? of the people is a little bit, is like way too strong, A. And B, it's like... <laughs> it shifts like nothing. It's like they do one thing and then like everybody's cheering them in the street. It's like, that's not how that works. Yeah, I good that you mentioned because I just realized I skipped it in my list. No, it's fine. Um, what did you think of the uh, reveal that Saul was Steeler's brother? I mean, I guess you you weren't surprised by it this time, but if you can remember, yeah, I don't time. remember what I thought of it the first time. Yeah, I didn't think of it as a reveal, to be honest. Okay. Um, especially because in this, because I, I watched it with English t- subtitles, they say from the beginning their names. Oh, that's a spoiler. That's annoying. I didn't realize. Well, I don't think I watched it with subtitles the first time. I'm just doing that now to get the spellings of the names right. Mm. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about it too much, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, because I wasn't sure whether I liked it or not. It was It's very Star Wars, in a way, you know, with Luke and Leia. It's, like, very reminiscent of that. But I just thought that that was, like, pretty pretty lame as well. Well, to be fair, actually, I don't mind them being siblings. Just because, also, I guess we're seeing this in hindsight with seeing how far Saw has fallen since until Rogue One. As I've said, it makes a lot of sense that Stila is the only one who can rein him in and keep him on the good side, essentially, or keep him on the right path mm. because she is his sister and she is a strong leader. I don't know. I, I wonder. It's a very, I'm fine with it, to be honest. But I think why the reason why I didn't like it is that in the first two episodes, it was kind of hinted at because she looks at him all the time. And so I just assume that there it's not it's not just a tro- like a try like a love triangle. You know, there is like four people kind of Saul's plan to free the king, the old king. Um, so stupid because Yeah, of course. Like that that is exactly what like would play in the hands of the new king. Who like the old king has nothing to do with them. And uh, when, like, because he's trying to free him, now they are linked for the first time. I, I love when he came, like, uh, the king was like, well, who are you? <laughs> like, I have no idea who yeah. this person is. And there was an interesting tidbit in there that, um, you know, judging from that old king's reaction, the Jedi seem to have ignored Onderon in the past. Because it's only when Saw mentions that the Jedi are supporting them 
is the king ready to leave with him? Yeah. Well, I think the the king aligned with the separatists from the very beginning or the confederacy. No, I mean the old king. Sorry. Old yeah, king. and I'm talking about the old king. He's the one who aligned with the confederacy from the very beginning. Mm. And it was only recently that like the troops had come to uh, take over, essentially. And I think that it the Jedi the mention of the Jedi supporting adds a air of support and strength that and belief I guess or legitimacy to the rebellion. Without that, without the Jedi, there is no like legitimate uh, force behind what's going on. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I love that Saw convinces the Andorian general to switch sides, but I also love the uh, the space guillotine. That was pretty. It's cool. really cool, that right? Was pretty nice. Um, and it's something that I have said in a few episodes ago. I don't remember when it was, but Ahsoka, whenever Ahsoka doesn't follow orders, I'm just like, there should be like some sort of punishment. And like here, her like not follow. I mean, it's great that she helps everyone and saves everyone at the end of episode four, but this causes like an entire thing on a diplomatic military level. And, it's and yeah, just no like, one seems mad at all. Yeah, and Obi Wan is like, oh, okay. Well, then you should just, you know, be careful because they're going to be, uh, they're going to come after you now. And it's like, what? You should like do something. I mean, I, I don't know what, but it's just like there should be consequences for this type of thing. Anyway, uh, I loved the reveal that Anakin turns to Hondo for helping him. Because I had a brief second where I was reminded of a previous arc in the uh, underwater thing uh, and when the Gungans came. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, okay, I mean, it can't be the Gungans. That would just be ridiculous. So, <laughs> But for one, one split second, I was like, oh, no, Gungans? <laughs> <laughs> God forbid it be Gungans. Yeah, they would also be totally wasted on this planet on this type of planet so yeah he he uh is paying hondo handsomely to deliver some rocket launches basically the whole that whole sequence where the the pacing was really weird everything happened very quickly well i think that makes sense though like the pacing in like they're trying to condense a whole battle i thought they should have like made the final battle more over two full episodes yeah um and kind of pushed the like shortened the stuff at the beginning, um, but especially because they they allotted four full episodes for this Andron saga, that's quite a bit of time. But also they also did the same thing for a bunch of children, so. <laughs> yep, we need to talk about Steeler's death. What a thing to happen, and just the way it occurs as, as well. Like she saves the king and Lux. And then it looks like Ahsoka is about to save her, and then then she then Ahsoka gets shot by the droid ship that had been shot out of the air by Saw, but obviously not destroyed fully, and that's what you know uh, makes Ahsoka lose her concentration, which you know is bound to happen when you get shot in the chest or the shoulder or whatever, and then yeah, tragically Stila falls to her death. And I didn't see that coming. I didn't like it in the sense that I liked Stila, but narr- like from a narrative standpoint, that was very good. Well done. I really like that death scene. And also just the pacing of the death scene, the space they gave it to. And you you like you think it's Ahsoka's gonna save her. Mm-hmm. Clearly, right? She literally just saved Lux. She's just gonna easily save. I mean any Jedi can lift a human, right? Just like a little bit. Um, oh. It was almost like a Game of Thrones moment. Yeah, where, kind of. Where, where, you know, in other fantasy media, you just think, of course, you know, all the heroes are going to survive and then like somebody just dies. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't expect that. Yeah. And then um, after that whole battle is over, the separatists have lost. and they... Well, actually, okay, I'm sorry. There's a lot of torture in this ep- in this show. Yeah. There are unexpected murders in this show. There are children who like do cool shit in this show and grow mm-hmm. character development, right? Like central to the show is like a ch- child who grows up and becomes a badass. Um 
there are like I guess there's no dragons. There is magic, right? In <laughs> yeah. this show. There are like evil witches and like crazy religions. Mm. Um Yeah, but all of that is because Star Wars is rooted in fantasy. Uh, good point. It's not necessarily because it's like Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Let sorry. Me enjoy this you. analogy. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all here for it, but I I'm also I need to tell you that it doesn't track entirely. Fine, fine, fine. Um, so yeah, we get a very uh, another surprising scene in my opinion, where uh, we get like a like a Zoom call between Dooku and the king the new king and the general the, the droid general who i also really like because i'm a sucker for droid generals apparently all the tactical droids are great yeah so the separatists retreat from onderon and uh, on dooku's orders and the tactical droid just coldly shoots the king and kills him and i did not see that coming yeah, another surprising death for sure. Yeah, I thought he would just be like, so what am I supposed to do? And then he tries to attack the droid general and then he shoots him or something like that. But I'd, he just like shoots him like it's like just nothing. And yeah, that's kind of the episodes. There's this like four episode arc. Onderon is free now. And on the side of the Republic, I guess. L- Lux is senator. I know you can't speak to that, but I hope we never see him again. I kind of have the feeling that we will. But I I hope he dies in a fire. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I just, I hate him so much. He is so annoying. Um, Yeah, (laughs) with that, let's go to the next episode. One thing I want to say before we move forward. Of course, (laughs) of course. Fucking course. Ah, (laughs) I had the transition. I want to... I want to talk about our our lovely Ahsoka. Um, Always. And, and how this is a great journey for her to learn how to lead by letting people struggle in a way. And she struggles with it at some point. She intervenes in places that she wasn't, she isn't supposed to. But this is another moment for Ahsoka to learn and to grow and to let things play out. And it's an extension of her lessons of patience and how to be a Jedi. And I think that a role like this is much more suited to what we imagine as a Jedi than to be a commander or a general in an army. Yeah. And as a protector and as just like as a consultant or peacekeeper, right? So I find this a very interesting and important stopping point on the journey that Ahsoka goes through throughout these episodes. Yeah, definitely. But I do have to say, I didn't like the way her learning process was handled here because I had, to me, it seemed like she just parrots what uh, Anakin told her. You know, Anakin tells her a few times, you know, purpose over whatever. What was it? Purpose over feeling. And, um, she but i don't i didn't see it like click for her she just very suddenly changed her behavior a little bit um, well i mean that's not that what it is though like yeah but i wanted to see bit. i wanted to see it more you know in like some sort of facial expression or some moment but i just there was like a scene where she behaved this way and then there was a scene where she she kind of behaved that way and that that's that i wanted to see the uh the uh the change more like you know, yeah, the, the process of learning but um yeah that's getting very nitpicky um so maybe we should go on to the next big arc uh, no romance but children so <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny at one point hondo says um when uh, the i think at the end he's like oh today i like children and I'm just like, I have in my notes, never for Chris. <laughs> yeah, my note is literally Hondo. I like children. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even catch the today. It's like, never. Yeah. That day is not coming. In this four episode arc, we have Ahsoka accompanying six younglings Biff, Zed, Gangi, Petro, Katuni, and Ginodi. For And in the first episode, they go to Elune to get their kyber crystals for their lightsabers. 
And then on their way back, they get attacked by Hondo's pirates. Some very interesting things happening there that we're going to get into. They try to get help from Obi-Wan, but he is definitely busy fighting against Grievous. And um, so they have to help themselves, basically, with some really weird scenes. And uh, in the end, they do get captured by the pirates, but it's exactly when the Separatists land on the planet and take it over because they just won that part of the galaxy. And so the the Padawan and the younglings and Hondo's pirates need to join forces to escape. So, so and they we, do. We, <laughs> and they do, yes. <laughs> uh, we see Ahsoka as a teacher again, and I thought that this was probably the best instance of that so far. No, of course. I think this is really cool to see her as a as a leader in this way i mean she's grown so much now she's actually she's from being the youngling to teaching the younglings all in the course of this season or these episodes um it's just great to see her this way i mean obviously there's a bunch of children and the children make a bunch of stupid mistakes (laughs) and choices for no reason that make absolutely no sense and we have to deal with that and we have to preface this four episode arc with an apology again i'm sorry chris i made you watch these but it is really interesting to look at and watch the way that the Jedi find their kyber crystals and make their lightsabers and understanding all of that, mm-hmm. I think, is critical, you know, in understanding the larger lore. So this is why it is included in our watch list. I mean, to be fair, I mean, first of all, I appreciate the apology, but <laughs> um, I only found uh, Petro to be annoying. All the others I could live with. Like, cool. that's cool. fine just petro is just and that's not just because he's a kid but just because he does he does he makes stupid decisions that also, uh, some adults also would make just it's like yeah. not the fact that he's a child but his personality basically oh cool so these children you would say on uh, on a whole didn't annoy you as much as previous children no they're the best children so far uh, i mean obviously especially gungi because who doesn't I like mean, he's Woogie? awesome I know. And it's just his lightsaber is so oh, cool. so cool, right? Oh, <laughs> I want I want a series of Gungi, but it's so sad for me to think that all these are dead. All these people are dead. Oh fuck. Do they all get Oh yeah, they all get killed, right? I would assume just because they yeah. got killed in the Jedi Temple. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe they got away or something. <sighs> Maybe, I guess, but it's oh, like no. sad to think that No, no, you reframed this. Oh no. Well, let's our head canon is that Zat they're so good that these few these few um, Jedi younglings were able to escape. Yeah. I mean, there was one youngling who almost escaped and like single-handedly defeated like a dozen. Yeah, Troopers, he was right? cool. I don't understand why R two is with them. Of course, he saves everybody's ass again, but just for, it doesn't make sense. It's yeah, isn't he Anakin's droid? Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, why is he there? Well, sometimes, well, A, maybe because a, uh, R2 is an unreliable narrator, so he's just putting himself in the story. Yeah, yeah I saved everyone. Yeah. <laughs> or B, he just goes around with Ahsoka, too, sometimes. He goes on missions yeah, with Ahsoka. Because it's like he's he's at Anakin's discretion, clearly. So if Ahsoka's going by himself, he'll just send R2 with them as like a as a safety valve, I guess, because R2 is the fucking best. I, I liked that all of them had to face their fears in order and learn a valuable lesson to get their kyber crystals. But just because they there were six of them, it felt so cramped. Yeah, I liked that they had to all face it. And I kind of, I, I didn't mind this pacing of it. But the part that I really didn't like is when Yoda at the end is summarizing everything. I'm just like, it's a little too... It's too it's on the nose, too, right? Exactly. If they just like subtle made it a little bit more subtle and that you know that scene without that summary scene you get a little bit more space then for each of the characters Mm. um and you can see it a little bit you know it would have been a lot nicer and as you said like we can be subtle with children we don't have to be overt all the time it's fine i I like that there was um mutual support throughout i mean at least between five of them but as well like when they split up like th- there was some mutual support when it was like groups of two, but, the- yeah, but then Biff by himself. <laughs> yeah, and then then like uh, w- when both of the the first ones in those two pairings 
found their kyber crystals the other ones just went away and both of them had to do some pretty dangerous stuff it's like no i'm just gonna go i need to find my kyber crystal it's like oh wow okay yeah it's great and then like biff like they just send him on alone and he's like no i want to go with you guys and they're just like well tough shit you're by yourself yeah i I felt so bad for him felt so bad for him he was so scared all the time Oh, man. He's so cute. I like he's him a so lot. He's so cute, yeah. And I love at the very end, he's growling at Grievous. Like, it's so cool. Like, he just, like, fuck, he's, like, challenging Grievous. And I'm like, oh, my God, Biff, you're so cool. <laughs> what a what a character development. Um, He takes the Ahsoka journey, but in, like, two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I didn't like that Katuni, like, she was climbing up a wall of ice with her bare hands. Yeah. And that was at least like 50 meters or something. And it's like, no way. Like, there's no way you can do that with your bare hands. Absolutely not. I think that like the temperature in that place was understated. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, if you put your hand on the ice and break it, even if you can break it with the force, like your hand would get stuck to the ice. Um, but yeah, in the end, they all they all get their carbon crystal and all is good. But I love at the end as well that like when Petro comes back and he just he breaks through the yeah. ice and they're all like what the fuck and Yoda's like it was just fucking frozen water yeah <laughs> I know right it. at some point during those episodes we we do get like the Yoda cackle a little bit here and I was oh that's fun my ears definitely perked up at that I want to talk about Kyung he reminded me a lot of Ollivander yes uh, that's my first note yeah. this is. The one chooses the wizard. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. When when he goes into like all the like other shelves, it was a little bit like comedy from Spirited Away. But apart from that, it was super Ollivander. And I mean, I loved it. I, I liked him as well. Uh, He's so cool. Yeah. Apart from like the very end when he says like, "I have trained like a thousand generations, and those are like among the top." It's like, oh. I do, though, at the very end, I was, like, really pissed that they didn't tell the story of Yoda for a second. They teased that story, and I'm like, what? I want to know that, too. <laughs> I know. That, I, like, when, when Obi-Wan said that, I immediately thought of you. I'm like, oh, that was such a bummer. I really like them subverting intentionally the droid racism. And when the kid was like, it's just a fucking droid. Yeah. And Hu Young or whatever was just like, well... Do you know how to do the da, 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 da? and like it was so great just shutting him down and instantly it was awesome. I know, right? I also I don't know if you caught that, but there was a nice Easter egg later on when he is uh, his arms and his head are uh, detached, and it is uh, and it is Gangi the Wookiee who carries the head. It's like, oh my god! Yes, that's so like C three PO, hundred percent. It's so cool. Yeah, we get the uh, as they refer to it as well, like the old ventilation chamber trick when the. Uh, when Hondo's pirates, uh, you know, get get on board their ship, and then they smoke them out. And Hondo's just like, of course you fucking idiots, they're in the ventilation shaft. The one good thing about Petro this time is like he had a, this good, like the like a pretty solid plan, where he knew that his his lightsaber is unstable, and he gave it to one of the pirates, and then it exploded. Yeah, but he obviously risked destroying Huang. We're also seeing Huang fight without uh, a head. Uh, that was pretty funny. I, obviously, I loved Hondo again. And it's just like, how he talks about his mood based on profit. Yeah. I think it's just like fun. And then like one one point is that when they're at the ventilation shop, when they first get in, they're asking Ahsoka a bunch of questions. And it's so annoying. It's so loud. But then Ahsoka gets so annoying too. So she gets annoyed, I mean. And I was like, that's funny. I like how they're leaning into the annoyingness of the children a little bit. Yeah. I was fine with that. And that kind of also demonstrates her growth, right? Because she used to be in that situation and ask stupid questions, presumably. Yeah. I, I liked at the at the very end, you know, the twist that Ahsoka also gets sucked out of yeah, out that of was the ship. Cool. Uh, I really liked that. I, because again, I didn't think that that was going to happen. But the next episode starts with with a big question on my part, which is why would the younglings, you know, go on a rescue mission because they didn't have any chance the first time. You know, they didn't, they had no chance against the pirates the very first time and now they're on their own turf. And it's like, of course they can, like, I mean, I guess they don't really succeed because they get, again, they get captured in the end, but it was just like, I mean, of course they do because they're stupid children, but 
Yeah, it's like it doesn't make any it makes sense. no sense it just makes no sense like also like oh our whatever is leaking we have to land on florum no you can just land on another planet or you can land on florum and not go attack the pirates yeah like, exactly exactly yeah, it's so stupid yeah also the wandering circus i hated that oh it was so bad it was so bad i like the uh, battle scene with obi-wan that was kind of my highlight ah yeah like, good point that was pretty cool. Was cool although it's really stupid that he would Tell Grievous no, that it's exploding. Just let it explode. Yeah, I thought that that's way too much like 19th century, century gentlemanly bullshit right there. Yeah, but that's also Obi-Wan kind of. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he is a, like a 19th century Victorian era yeah, gentleman yeah. kind of sort of thing. Oh, one thing that I noticed, Grievous doesn't have the cough. In these I know, right? Yeah. It's yeah. so much better. It's like, oh, I actually don't mind him. <laughs> yeah, now he's fine. Um, yeah, I, I love at the end of that episode as well, where basically Ahsoka spreads the good word from uh, from Anakin, you know, to you know it's okay to bend rules sometimes. I think this show has gotten way better at connecting various plot threads, and this one is one. I mean, though this this is just on the micro level, but uh, something that was set up in the previous episode. But I really like the um, the causation here. You know, that, that's not actually a deus ex machina or like the Jedi come and save them or whatever. It is just, you know, there's Grievous and they need to join forces. And that may, like that's a direct causation. And I really like that. I, I love how, you know, what an ambiguous character Hondo is. He's so cool. He's just the best. He is. He's an amazing character. I love how he tries to negotiate with everybody about everything. He's just like, oh, this is not good business. I love how he's just like screaming at Grievous, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like furious. Like, this is not good business. Yeah. And like, he's bad sometimes. I love the conversation he has with Obi-Wan at the very end. I found that very funny, just being like... Yeah, I'll send you the like, bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or I think he even says invoice or something. Um, so I have, I have a question for you. Um, who do you prefer, Hondo or Cad Bane? Hondo, for sure. Okay. I like Cad Bane. I like both of them, but Hondo is... If you had asked me Hondo or Maul, then I'm more of a question. Okay. I think in my like personal power rankings for Clone Wars characters, he's definitely near the top. Yeah, and um, everyone, we will do this ranking at some point. I'm sure we would. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a bracket to do. Yes. Yeah, a bracket. There are various brackets to be had, actually, but only after we've watched Rebels. Yes, I can't wait. We're just going to do like a month of brackets. Yeah, oh, at least, at least. Again, like I, lo I love the bonding with uh, Tuni and Hondo. Hondo, obviously, is great. I loved Hondo's garage with, yeah. with Slave One. It's so cool. I love how they pick out Slave One. And it makes so, so much sense because when they were, Aura Singh had Slave One and they crashed on Florum. Yeah, right? It's so but it's good. just like, oh, it's so smart. Yeah, the most impressive thing is watching Ahsoka fight General Grievous. It's amazing. It's so Holy good. Shit. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? Like how and again, it you see that Grievous's biggest weakness is that he can't wield the force. It's so clear how he is so strong, but also crippled because he can't use the force. And the only reason Ahsoka can get away is because she can use the force. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think she has the power to, to like kill Grievous herself. That's that's obvious. That's clear. But it's amazing how she holds her own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I loved as well. There's one one time when Biff looks over and sh uh, and sees Grievous like crawling, like spider like how he does yeah. as he does. I think it's like when they're still in the pirate hideout and it's like so scary, but we've seen it a thousand times, but for him, you could definitely see he is like freaked out. Yeah. And then I don't know, like the only other thing I have to say about this episode is that the very last scene is so stupid with the like lightsabers, three musketeer style. Oh, hated yeah. that. Yeah. Hated that so much. I'm sure you would have hated that. It was overall like, you know, good episodes. They're fine. There's problems with every single one almost. Yeah. Um, but there are also good parts about most of them. Exactly. So there's no, I think, you know, as the f the floor has been raised in a, a certain way, yeah, maybe the ceiling isn't as high as the last season. Um, but I'm excited to watch the next few episodes and 
kind of get through it together, essentially. But I, I, I've enjoyed it. So which are going to be those episodes that we're going to watch next? So on that note, we will be skipping episodes 10 through 13. And we'll be watching episodes 14 through 20. If you like what you heard, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. If you didn't like the show, why are you still listening? Five stars. If you want to get in touch, there are a few ways you can do that. Email. Write us an email to hello at seriallyhooked.com. Website. You can check out our website and suggest future topics at seriallyhooked.com. Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at seriallyhooked. If you like the show, tell a friend or 10 and write us on Apple Podcasts. It really makes a difference and helps people discover the show. I'm not, I can't subject you to not watch Bad Batch Please. for no. <laughs> I'm struggling so much. One droid that he he really sounded like David Tennant, and I really wanted to look up whether it was him, but then I was like, no, I you can't look it up. Which droid? I forget someone in like uh, with those episodes. Sorry. I guess you can just look at his filmography. Yeah. Yeah, he he um he voiced Huyang. Haha, there you go. Well done. <sighs> okay, scratch him off my list. Fuck. <laughs> oh, damn it.